I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. John 1, through 48. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Bow your heads right now together. Father, we thank you for your word and your promises. And God, here tonight, let something of eternal value occur. Let your spirit flow amongst each and every one of us. Move upon us. Help us and strengthen us, God, by your, by your might. I ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I am um, going to preach some of this I've, uh, I pulled out of Charles Parham's uh, book, that, uh, a message that he preached. He was one of the early uh, Pentecostal reformers. And uh, he did a lot, Parham did, in, in a lot of different directions. And one thing about him and his, his preaching and his writing, he loved Jesus. And he exalted Jesus in every message. It has been said... It's been said many, many times, and I don't think it can really be said enough. We get to the point where we are so educated, if you would, that we have to be oohed and by messages, by preaching, when in reality, true apostolic preaching is always exalting Jesus Christ. And you should never, ever get tired of exalting Jesus Christ. Uh, in in this study, and I I was um, I got to thinking about what I'm preaching, and I uh, we have we have probably preached more than one message. It's been talked up, uh, preached by others up here uh, concerning crossing over the River Jordan into the land of promise. And when I say land of promise, I've always put an extra S there. Promises. And I, I truly believe that there are people that cross over, and when they get in there, it's been said by others, and they get in there, sometimes you don't know what to do. One thing's for sure, and maybe the one thing that I have left out, which I'm going to try to add tonight, is that we cannot truly get across the Jordan, nor can we work our way in the promised land unless we have a guide. And Jesus can get us over the roughest Jordan. He can get us through the worst desert area that we've ever encountered. Now, I want you tonight to promise me that not one thought is going to go anywhere but on Jesus as I preach. I want you to not only listen to what I have to say, but I want you to internalize everything I say. And I want you to make this a part of who you are. 
I want you to follow him. I want you to love him. And regardless, and no matter what we say, when you hear the world uh, out there and they talk down about Jesus the way they do and they make fun of Christianity the way they do, it affects us to some degree. It always does. We never have to back down from that. Charles said that very well this morning. We don't back away from the world. We don't. We hit the world head on. We hit the world head on and we change the world. We don't let the world change us. We do the changing. Always remember that. We do the changing. Now, at this point, Jesus, now I'm also going to preach in the first person a couple of times. That means I'm going to put myself in someone else's shoes, if you would, and I'm going to speak that way. But, and the scripture I just read to you, Jesus is busy calling his 12 disciples. Philip runs to find his friend Nathaniel. Now, by way of introducing the subject uh, here tonight, he says simply this, we have found him. We have found him. In London several years ago, at a labor convention, someone mentioned the church. Now, when they mentioned the church in London, there was booze, there was hisses from the audience, and it went from the lowest floor all the way to the highest balcony. And when all the confusion passed, someone spoke of Jesus of Nazareth, and the place began to applaud louder than they had previously booed. So from booing the church to applauding Jesus, does that tell you something here tonight? Huh? Many people don't care for the church, but they would love to see Jesus. Come on now. That was the frustration of the Pharisees. The Pharisees, at one of their Passover, multitudes of worshipers had flocked to Jerusalem for the, for the feast. Yet when they arrived, they didn't ask where the temple was. When they arrived, they asked, where is Jesus? The religiously entrenched people of the day said, the world has gone after this man in John twelve nineteen. The world has gone after this man. Let me tell you, let me inform you that the world still wants Jesus. They just don't understand a whole lot about him. And it's up to us as truly God's people to introduce to them the man, Christ Jesus, that he truly is the God of the New Testament. Oh, it's the same today. The multitudes look for Jesus. They don't look for architecture in the house of God. They look for the God of the house. They want to find the God of the house. I mean, I can show you all kinds of beautiful, beautiful buildings, much more, much more beautiful than this one. We can see Gothic architecture. We can see gold and silver. We can see all that. But that doesn't mean anything unless Jesus Christ is there. But when Jesus Christ is in the midst of the congregation, let me tell you, my friend, something has to change within us. I love Him and you love Him. And we need to adore Him the way that He really wants to be adored. The Gentiles cried, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. Have you ever really, really seen him? Now, I know know I'm going to get way out there. Have you ever got to the point where you were so deep in worship or in prayer that it was like he was right next to you and you knew that if you just could get something off your eyes, you may not be able to see his face, but you could see that form. 
you could see, you could see where he just kind of uh, left a little trail there. And you knew how close you was. I've been there before. I've been there in prayer when I simply felt like I walked out of this world into something else. When all the sound left, I was in this church when it happened. There was no more sound outside. There was no more traffic sounds. I'd stepped on one step and I was out of what the reality was into something else. But just as soon as I got there, I began to try to figure out what was going on and I caught right back to where I was. But for a brief second, I stepped out of the reality into something supernatural. I stepped into a place where I felt like angels dwelt. I stepped into a place where Jesus wants us to live. Oh, are you with me? That's the place Jesus would like. If you want to see Him, you want to have, you want to understand Him, step out of this normal into something supernatural. Oh! Multitudes will find Him. Because they seek him. You hear me? Huh? They, they will find him because they seek him. The Gentiles asked Philip, said, sir, we would see Jesus. They asked the right man, the one who could say, we have found him. Now, could we step away from the confusion of so many denominations? Can we ignore the creeds, the forms, the rituals, the rules for a moment? Come on, Come on hear me. Can we, uh, could we just sweep away the icons, the idols, and the images? I, I care not today which church you say you belong to. I, I want to know who you belong to. Do you belong to Jesus Christ? Come on, do you belong to Him? Let us journey back across the hilltops of time. Let's, let's go back now and, and let's see a man. Let's, let us answer the heart's cry of this world. Let us see. Let us see Jesus. Let us see him. Why do you think this church uh, goes the way that we do? Why, why do you think that we have some of the great services that we have? Why do we have it? We've seen growth. And we've, seen, we've gone up and we've gone down, but we always seem to come back. We always seem to come back to revival. Why is that? Why is that that we can come back? Sometimes I think it's just a high energy and I don't have it anymore. I've actually thought that a few times. I actually thought it today. Then I got rebuked. You don't think you get rebuked? Jesus rebukes me quite often. And if he doesn't, my wife does. And thank God both of them can know how to win to rebuke because I need to be rebuked occasionally. Don't you do it. My wife has a <clears throat> full authority to rebuke me. All she needs to rebuke me. Yeah, come on now. You know, you begin to you begin to look at that. You know, what makes this? What makes it happen? Is it high energy? No. What makes all this happen is because that we here at this church have always exalted Jesus. People can find Him and experience Him here. Why? Because there are people that exalt Him. Don't you ever grow weary of worship? Don't you ever grow weary of lifting your hands? Don't you ever grow weary of walking around and around? Don't you ever grow weary of clapping your hands. Don't you ever grow weary of shouting to the very top of your voice. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. The world doesn't want want some kind of worldly church. They want something different in the church. They want to come in and be able to lift their hands and shout and feel free to worship the man Jesus. What a privilege. Are you hearing me? What a privilege for all of us to join together and say that we have found him. 
What a privilege that you can join together and say, we have found him. I don't care how bad it is. He's still right there. I don't care how low you feel. He's still right there. Your worst problem is his greatest opportunity. We have found him. He is the most colossal figure in history. He is the giver of life, liberty, and salvation. He is the one who cleanses all iniquities. Now you didn't hear that. He's the one who cleanses all iniquities. <laughs> I can't get over smoking. He's the one who cleanses all iniquities. I can't get over drugs. He's the one who cleanses all iniquities. I can't forget. He's the one who cleanses from all iniquities. <laughs> I just, I just got, I got a dirty mouth. He's the one that cleanses from all iniquities. I cannot get over of kicking my dog. Well, he's the one who cleanses from all iniquities, and that's not an iniquity anyway. That's an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I'm feeling good right now. Uh, you know, I felt terrible a while ago. And he came over and prayed for me. My back was hurting from my hips all the way up to the top of my head. It was because of all that work I had to do. I had to do two man's work because that one wasn't here. <laughs> he was out preaching. Doing something. You know, I want everybody to know how much I love him. And I only do that to people I love. You understand that. Some of you think I love you a lot because some of the stuff that I do. <laughs> he's the one who cleanses from all iniquities. He's not, he's not a theory. He's not a theology. Ooh, he is a living reality. He is a living reality. Oh, all those theorists out there say, well, that's just another way for you people that are a little bit weak to have something that you can pull throw your troubles on. Let me tell you, honey, I do need someone I can throw my troubles on, but I need someone who has the answers to my troubles and the living reality, which is Jesus Christ, has an answer. Mm. He saves and he makes us over. He delivers people from pride and prejudice. We have found him. We have found him. <laughs> He's the healer of all of our diseases. He's the one whose compassions never fail. He's the rescuer of the perishing. We are floating down the giant river of human misery. We were now. And the canyon walls got steeper. Sin's cost grew ever higher. And we heard the thundering roar of destruction ahead. But then... A hand reached down, and he saved us. You see, I remember when I was about to go over the falls of human misery, when a hand came down and pulled Rick Robertson out of the midst of it and gave me another chance to be able to live for him and go to heaven. Oh, he's the one we love. We have found him. We have found him. Mm. Ah, Lord. For some of you, some of you out there, that are just a little patriotic. I know who you are. You mourn on Memorial Day. That's good. 
You put a flag out on Veterans Day and Independence Day, that's good. But I'm patriotic too. Yeah, I am. I wave his name like a banner. We used to have one of those around here. You remember that? I used to watch guys come and I wish we need to find that. We need to get back to that. They come back and said Jesus on it, didn't it? And they ran, they grabbed that flag and they run around this thing with Jesus waving the banner. Huh? Come on. Are you hearing me? Maybe you're embarrassed. These young men weren't embarrassed to grab the flag and wave the banner. They weren't ashamed to wave the banner. And say, Jesus is the one that's leading McCormick Street Church. Jesus is the one that's in charge. Jesus is the one that I'm following. Jesus is the one that I love. Jesus is my reality. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my deliverer. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is everything I will ever need. Jesus is the lily of the valley. Jesus is the bright in the morning star. Jesus is my love and my light. He said, <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh. Shokopata tekiti shakata. Hahato koti kata. Shitokoto tohota. You did it. Someone grabbed their Bible. He's already went around this church. Now run around it. That's waving the banner. Somebody else do it. Come on. Some of you young men, grab your Bible. Get her out. Let's let the world know. Let's let the devil know that Jesus is the one that's leading this church. Oh! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He shed red blood to wash us whiter than snow and to lead us beyond the blue. Jesus is his name. We have found him. 
I don't speak merely of the Jesus of history. I speak of the right now God. The right now God. He's not some God that's still hanging on a cross somewhere. He's not hanging on some kind of gold emblem around your neck. He is the one that came out of the grave. He left the tomb and He gave us hope. He's resurrected so that we can also be resurrected. He's resurrected to give us resurrection power. He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's the one who stops by funeral homes and says, Little maid, arise. He's the one who stops by tombs of a friend and says, Lazarus, come forth. He's the one who walks across our difficulties and says, It is I, be not afraid. We have found Him, the one who feeds 5,000 without breaking a sweat. The one who built His church next doors to the hell's gates. That's where he puts it. He puts his church right next to hell. We're not to run from hell. We're to grab everybody that's headed that way. He's the one who sustains us. He's the one who blesses us. We have found him. He's our day star. He's our daybreak. He's our dawn. Our hope in a hopeless world. Our help in a helpless life. He arises with healing in his wings. He's our present help and our future hope. We have found him. Can you just hear the hope? Can you hear the hope in Philip's voice? He says, Nathaniel, he said, our days of looking are over. Our days of waiting are over. We have found him. We have found him. For Philip to find, he he must have been looking. Uh, And only those who seek find him. Only those who really are looking for him. Are are you hearing what I'm saying? I know I'm preaching mostly to people that are full of the Holy Ghost, but I'm getting you across something here. This is is other side of the river stuff right now. We need a guide. You need someone to help you to go through the battles. You need to, to go up to Jericho's walls right now. And you can't do this by yourself. You can't do this marching alone. you got to have someone leading you. And it's got to be Him. You want to find your way in this new land? Then you need, you need a guide. And we have found Him. We know who He is. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> the psalmist compared his quest for, for God as a deer thirsting after the water brook on Psalm 42 and 1. So what do you think? What do you think? This is old stuff, but I'm going to bring it out anyway. Why do you think that the sports arenas are filled to the brim? People are looking for something. They look for something that satisfies. They look for a hero. And they look to belong. New lady back here. I forget your name behind Rick. Stand up. I love her. She, She left... A message here, and I didn't even get it, but she just won't let me know her truck was broke down reading she wasn't at church for a service or two. Uh, that's appreciated. You see her? That's right. Not, and, uh, now, now, don't clap. You don't need to swell her head. Okay? Look at her. She is a part of us. She may need friendship. Just because she's not a part of the, your normal two or three, you add four. Stand up, Jerrica. I know that Roxanne keeps, a, keeps after, keeps watching. But actually, she watches Roxanne trying to help her to make it on time to church. So, but she's another one. The thing with her is she, she don't have a problem 
getting out and ta- telling you about things and talking to you and asking questions. But she's a part of us. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? I want you to look at that. Maybe what I need to do from now on is point out new ones so you'll know that it's not just my two or three anymore, that I got four or five or six or seven or eight or ten. All right? All right? We have found Jesus. We have found Jesus. That's what Jesus would do. Yeah, that's what he would do. (laughs) My God, my God. I I don't know. I, I feel so good. I, I, I don't know, I feel like shouting. I'm too tired to shout. So, I, just bear with me just for a minute. Just try to think about who I'm talking about right now. I looked. Oh, how I looked. I thought my answer could be found in religion. I lived up to the meaning of my name, the conqueror of people. I fought for positions... I fought for offices. I, I, I fought for the respect of others. I arrived. I was one of the top 70 leaders in all Israel. Yet when I arrived, there was nothing there. Nothing. Nothing. It was then that I heard of this teacher, this man who could confound the wisest man in Israel. He had no offices, he had no titles. He had no reputation. He didn't seem to need them. Can you imagine somebody not needing that? I had to meet this man. Maybe, maybe he could tell me why I was so miserable. I went to him after sunset with darkness as my cloak. And like a moth to a flame, I found him. His words, his words. Never a man spake like this man. His eyes. His eyes, as deep as the oceans, as penetrating as torches. His voice, his voice, Nicodemus, you must be born again. His words, his eyes, his voice, oh, how they penetrated my very soul. Your Bible tells you that it was me who spoke up for him at his trial. It was me who brought a hundred pounds of spices to his grave. And when he arose on the third day, his resurrected body carried the fragrance of my sacrifice. Your history books will tell you that I obeyed the words of Jesus and that I obeyed his words to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. What I couldn't find in religion, I found in Jesus. Nicodemus is my name. I'm one of many who can say, I have found him. I have found him. What is this growing dependence on drugs? It's, it's man's quest for God, folks. I just read this morning where you now they're cutting off all the prescription drugs and, and they're back on heroin again. There's a big jump in heroin. Why? Because they're looking for God. You mentioned it today. Why, why are they doing this, this, these piercings and these tattoos? And You know, you look at people, they got tattoos all over them. Why? It's, the, it's the most pagan, one of the most paganistic things you can do. But they're seeking anything. Anything. If this will get me in touch with some kind of pagan God, then so be it. But I need a God. Let me tell you, you can be in touch with a God that loves you more than any pagan God ever can love you. 
If you just give your heart to Him and quit listening to what the world says and believe what Jesus says, there is nothing impossible for you. What is this reaching for the brass ring? It's man's quest for God. What is this looking to and fro for pleasure? It's man's quest for God. And if man's quest is misdirected, it can lead to a whole lot of hurt. A whole lot of hurt. I remember hearing a story. Some of you may remember. This was a Pentecostal teenager I'm telling you about. I want you all you teens to listen to me. If you don't hear anything else, listen to this. And he said this. He said, uh, uh, he said a young teen who thought, this, was, this happened in Texas, thought this Jesus stuff was all wrong. So he rebelled against his parents and he left home. And he wanted to leave God behind too. He wanted to see if he could find something better than God. He was in the city of Houston. It's a big city. And he started looking. A friendly face then came an offer of a place to live. And he accepted only to discover that his hosts were mass murderers. He was strapped to a four-by-eight sheet of plywood. The young man was tortured, and later police records reveal that in his dying moments, other captives, other people that they had captured, other captives heard this young man crying out in an unknown language. He had a chance maybe to get it right at the end. But look what he did. Look what he had to endure. There's nothing, nothing, nothing sissified jellyfish spine about serving God in fact it takes a man to serve God it takes a man to say no to what the world is offering it takes a man to say no when every opportunity is there for him to do something terrible it takes a man to walk away that's what being a man's all about and young ladies, it's the same thing. It takes a fine young lady to say no to the boyfriend who wants to do more than kiss. It takes a fine young lady. In fact, let's just put it this way. It takes a fine young lady to tell him, if you want to go kiss, go out and kiss a horse. Because I tell you, I know all about young men. I know what they got on their mind. I was told somewhere. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes when I, when I hear people speaking in other tongues, it just, I'm just so naive, just so, still so in love with Jesus. It reminds me, it reminds me that there is absolutely nothing better than Jesus Christ. There is a, when I hear somebody begin to speak in tongues as last week, we, I heard that young lady reminding me this is the greatest thing that ever happened. No matter how low you get, if you get somebody down there talking in other tongues, it reminds you all over again that God did the same thing for you. Aren't you glad that you have received that wonderful Holy Ghost? I shouldn't have left home. I, I shouldn't have done it. But I did. Home was nice. But it's too stifling. Too stifling. Rules that seemed okay yesterday. They were way too restrictive today. One thing led to another, and I found myself in a tiny village overlooking a large lake. 
Well, a nice place to look at, it wasn't a place for a nice girl to be. I didn't need the money. I don't know why I did it. Maybe I liked the attention. It was flattering. Soon the oldest profession in the world was mine. Those who mocked me by day visited me by night. Oh, those self-righteous men that I met. My parents came to see their little girl, and I hid from them. I was embarrassed, and I was ashamed. After that, I found myself sinking, sinking fast. I began to hear voices. They talked to me at night. It seemed like there were seven of them. They screamed at me and controlled me. Sickness, fever, bondage. I was in the grip of something. One day it happened. The religious police caught me. What happened to my partner, I can't say. They took me, me and my seven invisible screaming voices. And as they dragged me through the streets, I heard them shouting, Kill her, stone her. I must have been delirious. I stared into their faces and thought, How odd. I know most of these men. They threw me down at the feet, at the feet, the feet that I would follow for three years. You would have too. The feet that I would weep tears over when they were pierced, you would have too. The feet that I would tenderly clean in their lifelessness, you would have too. The feet that would walk out of a grave and I would fall down and cling to saying, Rabboni, you would have too. He was the one that day who protected me. He was the one. He was the one who sent away my accusers. He was the one who said, go and sin no more. Suddenly all of these voices, all of these spirits that had taken possession of me, they left and I felt free. I didn't find what I was looking for in the village of Magdala. It was in the hill of Golgotha. Millions have come to that cross. Millions have found him to be the answer for their lives. Today, I, Mary Magdalene, raise my voice with millions to say, we have found him. Jesus didn't wait for you to come to him. He came looking for you. He came looking, knowing exactly the price he'd have to pay for his quest. I sat beneath the tree. I waited. I felt like this was going to be a special day. But I didn't know why it was, it was special. But because of my stubborn pride, I almost missed it. I saw and heard Philip coming toward me. He was obviously excited. He collapsed beneath the tree shouting, we have found him. My heart almost stopped beating. All of my life I had looked for the Messiah. I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't want to have my hopes raised and then dashed. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I can't believe I was so foolish. But Philip, he insisted. He took me by the hand and he led me. My friend took me by the hand and he led me right into the presence of Jesus. And when I looked into his eyes, it was like a sunrise on Galilee. There was such serenity, such sense of purpose, such understanding. I sympathized with a Samaritan woman who was so flabbergasted that she dropped her water pot at the well and raced through the village shouting, come and see a man who told me all things. Philip said, we have found him. But you know, I really wonder. I really wonder. Of course, I think he found me. 
Do you know that Jesus still looks today? Do you know that he's walking these aisles today, tonight? Do you realize that he passed close? Some of you felt his presence. It's that kind of chill that you feel like a cool breeze as he walks by. Sometimes it sustains itself because he stops right there by your pew. His music comes. I read preacher i've never i've never been to israel to jerusalem i don't know it's it's one of those probably foolish things but i build such a way of thinking that i'm afraid i'll be let down so i'm just going to wait for the new jerusalem that won't let me down But this man said this. He said he had a chance to retrace the steps that Jesus made on the day of his appointment with death. He said, I climbed that rough, uneven steps leading to the high priest home. He said, I looked at the Roman pavement where lots were cast and games were played. He said, for a moment, I could see him with a crown of thorns on his head. He said, I could see the look of pain and anguish across his face. He said, I could feel the weight of the cross bearing down on his back. He said, I could hear the laughter and the mockery of the crowds. He said, I could feel the impact of the cruel whip. He said, I heard the thud of the hammer. He said, I felt like that lost lamb. He said, my shepherd left the ninety and nine to find me. Then he invited his friends together. Surrounded by the host of heaven, my Jesus says, we have found him. Do you know that's what he says about all of you as you stand with me? I believe in my heart when you came down to an altar for the first time and you begin to repent. The Bible says that the angels rejoice, but somehow I feel like Jesus says to them, we have found him we have found him every time a backslider comes back to the altar jesus says we found that little lost lamb altar is always open to anybody but i'm gonna i'm gonna make a, a different call tonight and anybody can come but my call tonight is for those that are truly looking To not only find him, but to follow him. If you fall into that category, if you really want to follow him, find him and follow him. I would like for you to come tonight and either stand or kneel, whichever you feel comfortable with. If you really are serious about following him. Getting across the river. Going into the promised land. Finding the guide that will help me through the battles that I have to fight. Finding the guide that will help me through the anguish of feeling like that I'm all alone. Finding the guide that will help me when I see Jericho's walls. When I see the hosts of the Philistines. When I see all that I have to deal with and all the battles that I have to fight. The Amalekites and the Hittites. That I have to battle them and I see them. It's too much for me. I can't overcome it by myself. 
I made a point a long time ago whenever I had something that I was struggling with when I just couldn't overcome maybe an attitude that I had that I would begin to tell Jesus Jesus this thing is too big for me I can't handle it I can't do it would you help me with this would you carry this for me it has never failed that every time I try to overcome something on my own I failed repeatedly but when I began to pray that prayer all of a sudden whatever it was would just disappear but no longer be there because I found him and I found the one to bear my burdens does anyone else tonight want to come down here I'd like for the ministry if you would all of you just go down there you don't have to, to you just you, you do what you feel but just at least lay hands on everybody that is here and just help them ask God to help them to follow him a lot of them, it's just a, a matter of following. Would you please go down and do this and lay hands on all of them?